As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, people. Welcome back to a wonderful, awaited uh, episode of oh, Father yeah. Knows Something. FKS, we're back. It is me, Dad, Jerry, <laughs> and our, go without saying, Justin. So Justin's going to lead the way today. Uh, socks. Socks. Let's yeah. talk about socks. Yeah. We have, I love New York socks. I do know that I am now officially out of uh unique socks never worn before so i'm gonna have to go this week and deal with sock issues so i have All a right. feeling we're gonna have to call our friend gabrielle and say gabrielle i have to uh order some socks do you actually love new york i do love new york is this a true statement it is i i was there a few months back and did everything and including did a lot of walking but we went to broadway so you didn't go sure. with me though no, did not go with you. We'll have to do that another time. I'm down. Yes, we will okay. definitely go do it. So, uh, what do you got? Let's well, get. You just, what's, what's our What's our subject going to be? Are coming? you just so excited to find out? I am. I'm waiting. waiting all week, and I'm sure they are too. Well, they get it from the title. They know before we start, but well, I don't know anything before we start. The title, well, the subject or the theme is. Kids. I love kids. We've never done a kids-focused episode, so here we go. <laughs> Especially other people's kids. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, this could be maybe thinking about having kids. Yeah, I think that's a, a we we touched base on this last uh, week, I believe. We were, or the week before, we were discussing, you know, parenting and you know, what it is to step into that decision to, to really have children. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Yep. And I will tell you that I did it the most ass backwards way, far from prepared. But nevertheless, you have kids. And so. uh, I'm still here to talk about it. I love them. And uh, I think they love me, but don't think for a second, there is not challenges. There is... Uh, it's kind of like when you go work out, you have to work that muscle and you work those muscles and you find out at the end of the day, you are, you are stronger. Your relationship is stronger if, if you really have taken all in consideration. And I don't think there's ever working out where you don't feel a little pain when you work out, you feel pain. So both of, I mean, I don't think there's a person, a viewer out there that hasn't had issues you know, trying to communicate with their parents or trying to communicate with your children. If you have children, if you're a parent, it it's heartbreaking sometimes. 
and sad and disappointing. But at the end of the day, you will find out that it uh, it's all great and it works out and you grow from it. And your relationships become stronger and more fun. Yeah. More fun. Okay. I'm ready. Let's get into it. Okay, number one. Yes. This is a good long one, so I'm going to be reading for a minute here. I am conflicted about if I want to bring children into my family. Sorry for the long story in advance. All my life, I have always loved being around children and dreamed and looked forward to being a mother one day. I met my now husband when I was 19 and he was 20, and he already had a two-year-old daughter. His relationship with his ex, mother of his daughter, is extremely rocky. She's through and through a narcissist. I know what you're thinking. It's the oldest tale in the book. But to try and sum it up, she's spoiled. Always used to having things her way. She was never told no, never had to work for anything she has, still doesn't at the age of 24. Her parents pay for everything for her and her daughter. And towards us, she's just flat out mean and mentally abusive. I sit back and observe the way she and her parents interact with my bonus daughter, and I feel like I'm watching her childhood. They absolutely spoil her and would be setting her up for a major failure in life if it wasn't for our influence. My bonus daughter, Six, is an amazing child. She's very well behaved when she is with us, except for a few little mishaps during the first few days at our house after a week of being with her grandparents, which is to be expected. I realize she's only six and I could be overanalyzing, but I'm starting to see some signs of her personality that I'm kind of afraid of as she gets older. She has mentioned she will not work when she's older, when she's asked for something outrageously expensive, when it's not even a birthday or Christmas, We tell her she can do some little chores and save money for it to buy it for herself, and she refuses and says we should just buy it for her. She refuses to admit when she's wrong. If she loses during a game with us or with other kids, she gets upset. It almost turns into a fit, but we are able to turn the situation around quickly and calmly, and she apologizes to us because she knows we don't allow her to act that way. She lies a lot, but when you catch her in a lie, it was just a joke. These things have me afraid to bring any children into my household, not knowing what kind of kid she will be as she gets older. I am scared. I don't want my children growing up and potentially witness my bonus daughter when she's older, acting in a way that we wouldn't let our other child act. My bonus daughter's mom, for the most part, is rude and doesn't speak. Her parents are overly nice and nosy and ask too many questions to get info to use against us. Our number one priority has always been to never let the child see us or anyone arguing and not getting along. They continuously pick fights and arguments in front of her, and even when we ignore and remove ourselves from the situation, it doesn't stop. My biggest concern is our future children being exposed to all their toxicity and not knowing how to handle the situation to my child. 
Kids have so many questions and I'm just afraid that one day my future child will ask me, why does she get this or get to do this and I don't? Or worst case scenario, witness an argument and us not knowing how to respond without putting down my bonus daughter's mother slash grandparents. This is ultimately what is keeping me from making the decision on if I want a child of my own or not. My ideal outcome is I want to have children of my own, but without this fear and unsettling feeling of the future. I'm hoping I get to hear Morgan and Jerry's advice, especially because of their own family dynamic, which I love, and get words of encouragement on how to handle the future questions or situations regarding the two different parenting styles in the different homes that we'll have to face as they get older. Great question. Good story. Uh, my mind was running around yeah. uh, with a lot, with, with some very basic fundamentals that I, I the, the next statements out of my mouth are firmly uh, the way that I would behave as a parent. Number one, don't be afraid to have your own children. Don't let anyone control the ability of you doing so for, for what their behavior is with their children. In your household, your bonus daughter is your daughter. And I would just say point blank at this point in time, when you're in this home, you're, I'm mom. You can call me whatever you want, but you know we, we've been in each other's lives long enough that this is just the way it is. You have two moms. You have your mom over on Helm Street and you have your mom over here on Wooster if that's the name of the streets. What goes on in Wooster is what you can do on Helm is great. You do whatever you can get away with over there. But here we have a certain structure and this is the way we're going to be. And I think when, when she sees the structure that you have in your home and you treat her as your daughter, as you have children, you will treat them the same. And she'll know way before you have your children that this is the way it's going to be that she does not get away with these things and treat her as exactly as you would treat your other children as when they get there. Meaning if there's going to be a timeout for a behavior issue, timeout. If there's an oh well clause, and we all have heard of the oh well clause, there's an oh well clause. And as she cries to get away with it, you just say, I'm sorry, honey, but you, you knew the rule. You chose to do this. It's oh well. And you can't, you cannot acquiesce by giving up the oh well. You must write it out. Make it uh, enough that it's not overburdening, you know, where it's unrealistic, but make sure it's right to that level, whatever that clause is going to be, with that they understand the pinch of not being able to get away with it. And you will find out after about two or three solid oh wells, they won't challenge you. They know that you're for real. That's the most important part about being a parent is whatever you, whatever you implement that's going to be a fair and just uh, consequence, hold that consequence. Never give in. As soon as you give in, you are in, the, in, in, the, in the, that wonderful English language. I, I think it's in Wikipedia. You're fucked. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Don't do it. And it doesn't mean you have to control everything that they do. Let them grow. Let them make some mistakes. But on the important stuff, on behavior stuff that you just will not tolerate, hold that line. And they'll understand that you're not picking on everything they do. You're only picking on the things that really matter and count. And they won't do it. They will learn to have that respect. 
That's my experience. Now, other people may have had different experiences. Far as their parents, you can't tell somebody else how to how to treat their kid. I mean, they're you're just going to be getting in a battle. You, if you guys ever can get to the part where you can communicate and get along well and socialize, and you know, obviously, it doesn't sound like that's the um, the reality within the the dynamics of these people. Um, but if it was, you can work together and come up with a plan on what's accepted in both households. So they understand that the, 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 the granddaughter understands what she can and cannot do at grandma, grandpa. And she also understands what she can't do at mom's. And the fact that mom was a runaway, you know, kid, meaning whatever she wants, she gets, and she still behaves that way. Um, at this point in time, that's not your concern. I mean, you can't do a thing about it and give it up. Just worry about what goes on behind your front door in your home and your children, which includes and not limited to child number one, as you title the bonus child. So she is your daughter. You're raised, you're part of that, you're part of that fabric. You know, my kids you know, grew up with multiple dads. I, uh, there was their father, there was a father figure, there was me, but I always held the fact of where I was when they were in my presence and what I was going to go along with and what I was not going to go along with. And I'm dad, period. It doesn't mean that I was a stepdad to one or there's a stepsister or stepbrother that's brother and sister. I didn't give a shit about anything else or who else was involved. When they were behind my door, we were all a family, and that's the way it's always been. And they're now 30, you know, 35, 28, and 25 will be 20, or he's 26, 26 now. And it's all worked out great. So don't be afraid to be a parent. And that's one of the things about being a parent is being a great teacher, and, but also be compassionate and being understanding and not just being firm, but you need to you need to be firm with things that will get them hurt or uh, partially that might make them not the best person they can be. And sometimes you have to have a conversation with your kids that they're not being the best person they can be and, and how to do that. And these are not treats they want to hear or take it gets to be a struggle so sometimes you just might have to say it once and say i'm going to say it once and you you're old enough now you can deal with however you want to deal with it but it will bite you if you don't listen to some of this stuff and i only say it not out of my own benefit but out of love for you and hoping that you will be the best person that you can be and set those examples so i hope that answered her question yeah, think? I think the element of control, of controlling what you can control is important mm -hmm. because just because a, a kid may have two different sets of parents mm -hmm. doesn't mean that those parents need to parent the exact same way. Probably, and, and in most cases that we see today, they don't parent the same. 100%. They all parent different. and But the important thing is that your kid, when, when a kid is in your presence... They are very smart, especially when they're young and they're impressionistic. They will push you as far as they can push you and see what they can do and manipulate. And this little one is definitely doing that. I can definitely, you know, read between the lines of what she's saying or right, right in the 
in the main in the main feature of the line that that she's got that down. So stop that right now with her by just saying it will be an oh well clause if you have a behavior that is not conducive to be the best person. And it doesn't matter that uh, she's biologically not yours. My kids were biologically not mine, but let me tell you, they are mine. Yeah. So you wouldn't let this situation prevent you from having kids of your own? Not in the least. In fact, I, w- I would have, have children of my own and I'm going to raise my children the same way as I'm going to raise this child in my household. When you got to think, how strong can the influence be? I mean, obviously some people are influenced a lot more easily than others, but your kids are also going to go to school with kids like this. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your kid's going to go to school with kids that are in all sorts they're, of walks they're, of they're, life. They're, 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 they're they're tyrants. <laughs> yeah, maybe some of these kids were literally born on private jets. Like you don't know what your kid will encounter. But I think it's it's also beautiful like you've wanted to have a kid forever. Like mm-hmm. you've been dreaming about it. So, you know, it's it's tough to say, "Oh yeah, no, it's going to be too tough." And there there is no manual that that these kids come with every every soul is independent and some dna and some kids are stronger in some ways and their will than others some are very um easy to 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 raise and some are much more challenging something happens in some kid's life that makes a wire go one way and you know you got to deal with that wire yeah and it's it it's it's all a wild card i mean if you ever spun paint I mean, I'm, this is a vision in my head. You, you know, you have a, a blank piece of paper and you take a little red die as the thing's spinning and you spin it and you do green or red. Yeah. I don't care how hard you try. They're never going to be the same. Yeah. Okay. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You got another one? No. Okay, we're done for the night, guys. (laughs) Number two. Number two. Dear Jerry, to start, you can call me A. Hello, A. I first want to say that I was 17 when this happened, and I am now 22. Okay. Anyway, for a little backstory, when I was 17, I had just gotten a new job. So, of course, I needed my birth certificate as a document for the company. Well, I knew where my mom kept them, so I went looking and found a birth certificate with a different last name for me. For the sake of the story, let's say that my last name is Smith, and that last name was Doe. Anyway, I was looking at this birth certificate and I saw my last name said Doe. And then it was one lined and Smith was written above it. Well, that same day I had gone to a concert with my older sister 
and she had some adult juice. Adult juice? Alcohol. Alcohol, okay. So I asked her about it, and she said, in quotes, you dumbass, you're adopted. I was confused. Granted, I'm only half adopted, and my mother is my mother. My sister also told me that my parents, mom and dad I grew up with, met when she was six months pregnant, and he adopted me when I was two weeks old. Well, one day I'd asked my mother about it and she just said she messed up when filling out my birth certificate and then changed the subject. I'm curious as to whether I should confront my family about it or just leave it be. Ideal outcome, I just want advice on whether I should confront my family about this 22-year-old secret or leave it be since it has been 22 years. Here's here's what I would, uh, my thoughts are. Um, you definitely have a right to know who your uh, gene pool follows. Um, nothing wrong with that. And obviously the man that has raised you to being dad is dad. Knowing your, your biological gene pool or whoever these other people are isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's something that you have to really decide if it's important enough to you. But you can certainly clear the air with your mom at this point in time. You can say, you know, mom, you know, obviously um, I do need to have, you know, total honesty. So I'm able to keep my own balance and knowledge what goes on. I love you. I love dad. There's no question that you guys have done a wonderful job showing me nothing about love and what a family is all about. I'm going to start with that conversation. But I don't want to be lied to. I don't want my I don't want my life to be a lie. So evidently dad is not my biological father. What is the story with my bloodline? And I know you had reasons to keep them out of my life and if you can share that with me at least so I have a clear picture of all the facts. Because everything always comes forward eventually. And I would rather just know what it is so I'm prepared for it. And I think that's the conversation that I would have. And it's not that you're trying to uh, replace anybody. You're not disrespecting anybody. You're simply just saying, I need to have clarity in my own brain because let me tell you, you know, my, you know, Betty, my older sister threw this adopted thing on me and it wasn't fair for her to go throw me under the bus that way because I was not prepared for it. So I just want to be able to be prepared for whatever comes my way or that, or hits me. Yeah. You just want to, you just want to know. And it may take you. You have a right to know. Right. And it just may, it may take you time to come to terms with it, but it's just the fact that, okay, what is going on here? You know, she, she may have been pregnant and never told the other, you know, the mother may have been pregnant and never told the father that she was ever pregnant. We, we have no idea the story and what the backstories are. And it, the mother may want to basically, the mother may just say, I, I can't tell you that because that, that man does not know that there was even a child. And that might cause issues that way. Yeah, so you don't know what it is. We don't know. So you have to take all this into consideration, but you still have the right to know the truth of what happened with you because it is your life that you have to go go forward. And it's really hard with the DNA checks today not to know really what where where these facts really lie. Right. 
And if you, you know, obviously you're going to find out that if your DNA and your sister's DNA match, you know, in a certain way, you know, as a hundred percent match, you know, that, and, and the father was not her dad, you're going to know real quick that, you know, what's going on. I mean, there's other ways to find out if you want to find it out, but it's, it's probably easier just to have a, have a, have a non-confrontational and Definitely. everyone's going to, everyone's going to say, how can you have a non-confrontational, you know, you know, conference with your mom about this? It's, it's all the way it's presented. Yeah. Don't present it to be confrontational, present it to say, I just need, this is a fact finding mission. Can you help me out? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Right. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Number three. Okay. This one is about naming kids. Trigger warning on this one for sexual assault. I, 28 female, recently got engaged to my boyfriend, 30 male, of two years. We have been talking a lot about our future and have agreed we both want children. My fiance's brother died four years ago. My fiance mentioned that if we have a son, he would like for us to name him after his brother. The problem is that not only do I dislike the name, but the name is also very close sounding to the name of a boy that I went to school with who sexually assaulted me when I was 16. My fiance's brother was called Struin, although he and his family referred to him as Strew when they talk about him. The name of the boy who assaulted me is Stuart, and he was often called Stu. Although this assault was over 10 years ago, it was very serious and is the reason why I never dated or had sex with anybody up until two years ago when I met my partner. He is the first man that I've been able to trust. I still have nightmares and flashbacks, and he has been incredibly patient and understanding. He knows all the details about what happened, but I never told him his name. I don't know how to tell him that I don't want to name our future son after his brother, because I'm afraid that his name will trigger me and cause me not to bond with him. I think you need to be totally clear with your husband-to-be. Absolutely. I think that he is a compassionate, patient guy, and he understands what's you know, going on in your head. Does that mean you can't name the, uh, her, his brother's middle name, uh, where it's totally a different combination where it won't trigger you? Maybe that's the answer. I'm sure you guys can come up with a, a solution to this, but he will also not want to do anything to hurt you or trigger you for the rest of your life. Because if, it, if, it, if you are triggered, trust me, it's going to affect both your lives. Yeah. And I think he's, I hope he is, uh, 
smart enough to figure that one out. It certainly sounds like he's, he's certainly understanding the fact that he was patient with you and you, and the fact in your original dating um, life to be able to get to the part to be intimate with him. There's a lot of trust there. So write it all the way, take the trust to the next level and share with him all of this. And let's see where it, where it goes with you. And yeah, I think, so, and I, I totally support you in this. Yeah. And the ideal outcome is I'd like to be able to talk to my fiance about this and give him the real reason why I don't want to name our son after his brother. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want my fiance to feel like he can't talk to me about his brother if I tell him the names are too similar. I think I would be fine with us giving our future son the name Struin as a middle name because I wouldn't need to hear it very often. You know, this is a conversation that you guys have got to have. And look, this guy, you know, I I would believe if he's getting married to you, loves you more than, you know, than air itself. So give it a shot where you can talk to him and you never want to have a life with anybody that you can't be totally trans, uh, transparent with, with all your feelings. Because if you can't be transparent about this, trust me, there's going to be more things in life as you get older <laughs> that is going to... And, you just don't want the, you just don't want these things to pile up where you all of a sudden you know five years down the road you start you know opening this 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 box of, of blocks and you have to tear this one down and tear this one down and tear this one between you got all these you know secrets that are piled up because you were afraid to talk about it and all of a sudden your relationship is so blocked because you can never be you never can communicate freely you're always in fear. Yeah. That is not the life you want with your with your spouse. You want to be able to talk to your spouse about anything and be open about it, just like you're talking to yourself, except you might be getting a different view uh from from your other side, from the left shoulder to the right shoulder. True. So be be direct, be open, be transparent with whoever you're going to be with. And if you find out this guy is not the guy you could be transparent with, then you'll find out quickly now before later. And if he he is a guy you can be transparent, just makes you stronger. Yeah, and I think you know there's a there's a level to which you compromise throughout a relationship, right? And so, you know, if if he really truly recognizes your feelings on this, there can be some compromising. And I will tell you something: I can't tell you how many names we picked out from Morgan and Taylor. And we jockey those things around <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, when that, when that child shows up all of a sudden, you know, the name changes. I know that with, with my niece, she was going to have name her child, Dusty Ryder. No joke, Dusty Ryder. And the name after he was born, I think even after they put on the first birthership to Dusty Ryder, they changed it to Dale Ryder or Dale I mean, you just, you know, something happens and it changes. You never, really? you just don't know. It's, uh, so you pick like right then and there. It, it, it does change. I mean, you never really know what's going to happen till the, till the moment you really get there and you look at that face and something else. That's crazy. Could, it comes, it comes across. I, I think Morgan was going to be Taylor and Taylor was going to be this, but. <laughs> I know when Morgan was born, we were between Morgan and Taylor. And she was going to be a Taylor, 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 Taylor. And next thing you know, I hear she's a Morgan. <laughs> All right. Morgan. What do you think of Morgan? Oh, yeah. Morgan's fine. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it wasn't going to make it wasn't going to make her who she is. It's everything else. So you, but you will see. I don't know how many write-ins we're going to have on this where people are, are, can actually say, "Yes, I was going to be called Betty, and I, now I'm, you know, this or that." Yeah, it's true. It, you just never know. So there you go. Well, I hope to experience that one day. I and I and I really hope so too, because <laughs> I will tell you this: uh, there are times I've wanted children, and there was times I said, "There is no way that I ever want kids," and. At the end of the day, when I found out that Danette was pregnant with Morgan, I'm, I'm here to take that ride with you. Yeah. And at the end of the day is we got Morgan and it was the best thing in the world. And, yeah. And for a guy that really never thought he wanted kids, I know that the first sound of a cry when she was wet at, you know, two in the morning, I was the first one up to go change her. There was just, it was the most beautiful thing in the world. You never know how you're going to respond when you get hit with it. After yeah. you see that kid, you just don't know what's going to happen. It, 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 I'm sure some people have a different response. They all don't have the same response that I had. Yeah. But to me, it was, it was as natural as, you know, a duck going into water. It just, it was crazy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's go. Number four? Mm -hmm. We on four? We're on four. Keep going. Let's rack them up. I don't remember how to count. Hi, guys. I want to start by saying thank you for reading. I know it's long, but I love the podcast and was hoping to get an outside perspective on my situation. I'm 19 female, currently 27 weeks pregnant with my first child. It wasn't the most practical way to start my family and definitely not at the time I would have liked but I'm so excited to become a mom and meet my baby girl. The only problem is the baby's father, 20 male. We were never officially together, I guess, but dated casually for about six to eight months. My memory has been pretty bad lately because of pregnancy brain, but when I found out I was pregnant, we were no longer seeing each other and we weren't on the best of terms. He expressed that he'd support me no matter what I chose and has been adamant about being involved from the start. However, he hasn't actually done anything to be involved. He hasn't gone to any doctor's appointments, even though I've offered. He hasn't bought anything, offered to help out financially, or even taken the initiative to meet my parents. I've only seen him once in the whole six months of my pregnancy, and it doesn't seem like he's giving much thought to becoming a father. But he still says that he wants to be involved. How am I supposed to go about this? He says he wants to be a part of her life, but doesn't actually put any action to his words. 
I'm worried he won't be consistent and my daughter will ultimately be the one who's hurt. Should I reach out and tell him how I feel, cut off ties with him now, or wait to see how he is when the baby arrives? What's wrong with sitting down with him and, and take an adult position or a mature position or a realistic position by saying, if his name is Dave, for instance, Dave, why don't we have lunch? I'd like to sit down or just talk. Come on over. Just come over. Come over to the house. And I want you to sit down with me. And I want to really hear what your idea of participating involves. So we understand each other as parents, what you consider involved to be. Because I'm not comfortable not knowing that. I mean, does it mean that you're going to send me uh, $1,500 or $1, a month so we can eat and not see you? Are you looking at you want to be, uh, for the first month, you're going to be there to go change diapers at night when I'm sleeping? And we have to figure out a, a place to be with two bedrooms because obviously we're not a couple. We are two individual people. And, you know, when you raise a child, you're establishing what is our relationship first between us, where those, where those boundaries are, and what the expectation of each, of each other are for the child. And I think if you do that, uh, that's a good beginning because right now you have no idea what it is. So anything better than no idea is least an idea. And then you can determine uh, in that conversation what works for you with this as the mother. And you can say, well, I, I really liked your idea that you wanted to participate. I'm really not really um, excited about the levels of how you want to participate. You know, we already know the law is going to um, play a part of his financial responsibility. There's no getting away from that. He, he, he owns, you know, half of this before anything. And so the, the County, I would imagine from where you live is going to establish his parental obligations right off the beginning or whatever you guys agreed to that's, that's at or more than what is the accepted responsibilities. I have a little more for you then. Okay. I wanted to get your response without knowing. Okay. Now I'm going to get, so I'm now gonna we're going to get more of the I'm story. I'm going to get sidekicked here. All right. Come on, bring it on. My ideal outcome would be that he steps up and matures for his daughter, but that's not up to me. I don't have any desire to be romantic with him again and frankly wish I never had to see him again, but I want to give my daughter the opportunity to have the relationship with her dad. I don't want my baby to grow up as a secret from the world if he is involved, though, either. I'm at a loss in approaching this situation, and my whole family wants me to cut him off and keep the baby from him. But I want to do everything possible at the very least to give my baby a chance at having a father. Additional info. Okay. He cheated on me about two weeks before I found out I was pregnant on Valentine's Day. And the girl he cheated on me with is the only person he has told. He hasn't even told his family. I've told him before that I'm scared he won't be consistent or that he's not putting in as much effort as he should be and every time he's turned everything around on me to make me feel bad. I've mentioned that he doesn't have to be a parent if he isn't ready because I had the choice in whether or not I wanted to keep her. He had the choice of being involved in her life. 
But when I told him that, he's accused me of being a malicious mother and threatened to take me to court if I didn't let him see the baby, which I will admit I didn't want him involved in the beginning. But after a lot of therapy and research on co-parenting, realized that wouldn't be best for my daughter. We had a, a, a story, one or two stories back tonight, and it was regarding a person, A, who may or may not know her real father or their real father. We're not sure. If, if, if A's father is the uh, second guy the mother was with or if it was from the first guy and nobody knows. Yeah. So my answer was that a child wants to know. And when Morgan was, you know, and her mom and I were talking where we were going to have our relationship, uh, you know, she said, how are you going to introduce uh, Morgan to your family? And I said, I'm going to tell the truth to everybody. Cause, yeah. Cause if Morgan is my daughter, even though she's not my biological daughter, she will know the truth because I am a guy that has integrity and only tells the truth. Yeah. So my answer to you is, again, sit down and decide what his idea of parenting is. The fact that you know that you can't trust him for yourself. I got that. We, that, you know, you were clear in the beginning, you were done with him and, 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 and I respect that. So when I say that, is he going to be a part of the early childhood development, meaning when you can't sleep at night because a baby needs to be fed, baby needs to be changed? Morgan's mom had me to do that. I was there consistently. First one to get up when Morgan cried. And we weren't together at that point in time. We were just trying to figure out friendship and can we you know where we where we going to work it out and how was all this going to play together morgan's biological father was was in the picture and we didn't know where he was going to want to be yeah i mean there was a lot of a lot of confusion going on so at least try to limit i'm talking from experience limit the confusion try to have the mature conversation to see where everybody wants to be get things set up correctly so there's no question in your daughter's mind what you went through to try to make this relationship work or not work. If if their relationship fails, it's not failing because of you, it's failing because of him. And that's the thing that you want to be sure to keep yourself out of being in the gunshot um, scope later with your daughter that mom didn't sabotage my relationship with my dad. She did everything possible to encourage that relationship. I'm not telling you have to encourage your relationship with him or any intimacy or any, that's done. That's over with. Now, if something miraculously happens later in life that you guys decide you love each other and you made it whatever, and we were kids and we, hey, best of luck to you guys later. But we're talking about today with a child that's going to be born in about the next 10 weeks, I think it is, or 11 weeks. So that's the conversation you need to have now and get everything in order, which is the proper thing to do of where we're going to go with this from today, tomorrow for the next, you know, take, take it, you know, six months or a year at a time with him. 
So it will never bite you in the ass when this daughter of yours turns 21 or 22 and says, mom, what happened with you with the, with that guy, Dave? Because I'm curious, my DNA says Dave Walters is out there and I want to go confront Dave. Well, you better be able to let her go with the ammunition that she is important to her at that time. Yeah. I think I've covered everything. I don't think I've I think so. It. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's definitely a puzzle. And when you are struggling to communicate with someone mm -hmm. and they're being very inconsistent and not just being straight up, mm -hmm. which at the age of 20 can be hard for some guys mm -hmm. because how are you supposed to make these decisions? Well, you're here and you kind of have to confront it. So, and this it's, will, and this affects the rest of his life, your life and her life. But dealing with someone like that can be really tough. Especially so when just, he's immature because he himself has no idea where he is going to be tomorrow. Right. But, so you just got to figure out on your end the best way to get this as straight as you possibly can to give the best possible outcome and the best outlook for the future. My best my, my best possible outcome for, or outlook for her to do is be honest with him, sit him down, have the, have the talk of reality, and let's see where he runs with it. Well, no, I think another thing that's important to point out is you don't necessarily need him to raise this kid. No, you don't. There's a lot of successful single moms. There's a, so many situations where children do not grow up with their fathers. Correct. And, I, and that's not something to... But this is a discussion again. Right. That, that they have to have and he has to... That they, they all have to agree upon whatever it's going to be because they really right. have to know this... Because when because when the daughter sits down with her at twenty one years old or twenty two or twenty three and says where where what is the truth what happened, she better be able to tell the truth without any camouflage. So get it out, find out what substantiate what it's going to be, get the expectation that they have of one another as parents, and let's see where it runs because it is a lifelong decision, and you guys are going to have to kind of guide this thing and you may need to have a consultant to say look he, the, today he's 20 years old he works at baskin robbins scooping two and a half you know you know five dollar ice cream cones and next you know in 20 years he is going to be a lawyer i mean it's a different we just don't know what's going to happen these times right. and we have to be able to you know present the fact of getting through life and the reality of where they are today how she's going to support this child and his responsibility to do this. Yeah. And that's, and people have got to realize that it's great to go in the backseat of a car and have a great time on a, on, on a Tuesday night, you know, date Tuesday on a Tuesday night date, but there's, <laughs> but, but you know, you, you Wednesday, you may find out something you better be prepared for. So be sure you bring something to protect yourself on Tuesday, especially when you're not married and you're young and you're not, in love or you just don't know where you guys are at it's not always a guarantee be prepared where you're be be prepared for what you're going to do and, and you're going to pay for your action yeah let's next one number okay five. so we're going to end with kind of a heavy one here so seat belts got them seat belts please harnesses yep it's a little longer so bear with me hello jerry morgan and justin I have a bit of a complicated situation I'd love your advice on. I, 32 female, have wanted to be a wife and a mom my whole life. Mom especially. I've always been 
magic with babies and young kids. I started working in my church's nursery when I was nine. I taught preschool for several years. I taught a few subjects of first grade for a year, and I even launched a children's ministry at a church after college. I love kids, and it's something I've always wanted. Being 32 and never really being in a relationship, though, I kind of wrote it off as a dream I desperately wanted, but would never be able to have a few years ago. Then in March 2020, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. It was stage four when I was diagnosed, but I underwent treatment and have been in remission for 15 months now. Due to the nature of the cancer, though, it's not a true remission. The cancer never goes away. You just have periods of remission in between courses of treatment. I do hope for the best that maybe it was a fluke and now I'm cancer free. It'll stay gone, but the likelihood is that I will be undergoing treatments every five to seven years, if not more, for the rest of my life. There's not a lot of documented cases of people as young as I am having this cancer, so there's really no way to know what to expect. My oncologist told me the youngest she'd ever seen anyone with this type of cancer before me was 45. It is typically diagnosed between 67 and 72, and it almost never gets to being late stage like mine did. So there's really no telling what might happen. Over the last year, however, I've been realizing that in many areas of my life, I've been holding myself back due to being single. I always saw a partner in my life, so I hadn't started seriously trying to save for my own house or do things that I wanted to do simply because I'm single. And one thing I started daring to let myself dream about again is motherhood. It kind of hit me that women raise children alone all the time, and maybe I could too. I have a complicated relationship with my family, especially since I have left the religion I was raised in, so I don't feel I will get objective advice from them. Here's where you all come in. Would having a child using a sperm donor be a responsible decision to make? My fear is that not having a father would cause a lot of harm to my future child, especially not even being able to know who the sperm donor was or anything. I know kids need fathers, so I kind of feel like starting my child out without one at all would kind of screw them up right off the bat. Plus my illness, dot, dot, dot. I don't know how fair it is to bring a child into the world without a father, and then if the worst happened and I passed too, my child would be alone in the world. Is this a dream I need to lay to rest, or is it something I can entertain and pursue in a few years? Ideal outcome, I just want some honest feedback. My parents are rather dogmatic and I know what they would think. I just hope to get honest thoughts from you guys without the religious hangups my family would have. Thank you all. I grew up with with some with with three kids, three women. They were neighbors, three girls are now women. They're like my sisters. And like I said, they were neighbors. Um their father passed away. He got cancer. I think it was fourth stage when they found out as well. He didn't last four months afterwards or maybe it was half a year afterwards. And one of them, I think, was, I don't know, maybe she was four or five at the time. The other one might have been six or seven at the time. The other one, you know, might have been 13. The The bottom line is, is that, you know, it happens all the time. People have kids, parents pass away, the kid grows up and yeah, kids grow up wonderful and kids grow up troubled. 
as a parent, what do I think about this for you? Being a parent is, look, you can live for a year. You can pass away during pregnancy. You can live a long, full life to that child. It could be in well in their 20s or 30s. We, it, it's, it's a Russian roulette game. We just don't know. What you do know is that if you're going to go down this path and bring a child in this world and you want the best for that child, and you're not just doing it to satisfy your own need, but you're doing it for all the reasons above, make sure you have a plan for that child should you or when you pass and that you have a rock solid plan that this child just isn't going to fall within to a system. That's my first gut feeling. I understand the, 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 the desire to want to be a parent. I, I do know there's a lot of people out there that never want to be a parent. They get it. They they've made their decision. They want to be, you know, a husband and a wife or a, just a wife or just a husband or a husband and a husband or a wife and a wife and go share their life and do their thing and not have any, you know, strings attached. I get it. And that's real. There are people out there that, that, that is their, their desire in their life. And I don't criticize them at all. I respect that they know what they want. And that's the most important thing. But you know what you want with this, something that you've always wanted to do. But if you're going to go down that path, it is a responsibility as the parent that you have thought this thing through fully, that that child will have all what it needs in your absence. And less than that, don't do it. It's unfair to the child and you're not showing unconditional love to them. You're putting you first and not that child first. Look, my business has been struggling for a number of years now due to COVID. And I don't make a lot of money. I mean, I, I get a job here, I get a job there, and I struggle to try to balance everything I have to balance within my own you know, lifestyle. And my lifestyle is definitely very lean right now. But the one thing that I always make sure that I do is make sure if my kids need anything, like my son got a car and it, something happened and worked. I, before I did anything for myself, I made sure that my son's car will be safe, even, even though I might drive something that might make noise or might not be perfect or have a problem. I will make sure my kids are before me. That is what a parent does. And it doesn't matter that he's 26 and I'm 65. That's what a parent does. So I feel for you. And I know that this is a, a challenging thing, but you're better, like I said, have everything in place before you do this, especially with the fact knowing that you may not be here to even to get through the pregnancy, let alone the rest of their life. And that's only a choice that you can make. But you got to make sure whatever decision you make that you do that this child is growing up with all the love and compassion, understanding to be the best person that can be, or don't go down that road. Don't just take the child and have a child and say, great, whatever you, wherever you end up bouncing when I'm gone, you'll make it. Because it's not fair to that child either. Mm -hmm. So that is my, uh, my thought. I, I hope I touch base. I know there'll be a lot of influx of this coming in. 
And I do want to see the comments. Yeah, I think it's very important to think of what is the support system without me? Right. What is the support system with me, without me? Just purely only considering the child. Make sure that you provide and make sure that they are safe and that there is a safety net that they don't fall into harm. Yeah. Or into a place where just it's hell on earth that this person is suffering more than they have to suffer. Don't do it unless you can make sure that you did this with knowing that this kid is set with every aspect. Yeah. And that's my thought. So that wraps up our show. I want to thank you all for joining us. If you are signing in at 12 away on Tuesday morning, (laughs) thanks for uh, waiting for the show to come out. And if you get it some other time during the week, truly thanks for, uh, for viewing us and listening and Whatever you do, make sure you press the subscribe button and continue to join in and watch us. And I think we have a Patreon right after this. That's right. So stick around, sign up for the Patreon, and let's see if Justin picked a good one. He thinks he did. So good night for this week, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 
Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.